Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Thank you for joining me again on another episode of Shock Your Potential. And for the last day of October, I thought I would do something just a little bit differently. I'm Even though this is part of our Positivity and Creativity series, we're going to talk a little bit in a different format, not only about uh, what our, who our guest is and what she does, but a, a you know, a, a passion project for her that uh, maybe some of you guys out there might be inspired and motivated enough to help support. So joining me today, my guest is Connie DeForo, and she's a self-taught designer based in Boston, but that's not where she's from. So this is a really, really cool story. And Connie says, I learned to sew using my grandmother's Singer sewing machine in Botswana. Her designs, uh, Connie's designs are greatly inspired by her traditional life back in her home country of Botswana. And she loves, this is even more wonderful. She loves to blend German print fabrics with modern ideas, creating functional pieces. And uh, I've seen a couple that are hanging behind her. So, I'm, you know, those of you watching the video version are going to get a little see a little bit too. Her designs have been featured in many fashion shows, including Fashionably Late at Liberty Hotel, Boston, Excessive Fashion, Boston Fashion Week, and New York Fashion Week for EPN Magazine. And she also hosts Fashion TV in Boston for the Boston News Network. So thank you, Connie, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It is very fun. So tell us a little bit. I give, you know, kind of highlights of people's from their bios, but tell us a little bit about you, your business, and especially your background in fashion. Um, yes, uh, well, I live in Boston, moved in Boston back in the 90s, exactly 1994 from Botswana. Um, and I knew that I love fashion because since I was younger, I used to look forward to, to go into church because that's when we all get dolled up. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom will be dolled up, I'll be dolled up, grandma will be dolled up, head to church. Now, I... Um, used to buy clothes. When I buy clothes, I will get home with this dress and say, "Mm, I love it, but I think it should have looked this way. And I'll cut it up and start sewing other things (laughs) in, put little bling blings in. And I was younger doing all that. Um, You know, but I grew up, you know, with a grandmother who's sewing, using his, you know, a sewing machine, making our clothes. It will be the home clothes, the school clothes, and the church clothes. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, 
I grow up, I'm like, I already know how to sew using my, my grandma's sewing machine. So I am going to sew. And sometimes I actually use my hands. Um, when I first started, I was using that, you know, blanket stitch and all that. Mm-hmm. And after I got here, I actually worked for a bank. I was doing banking and modeling at the same time. I had um, enrolled at Barbizon uh, School mm, of yes. And I ended up in um, this hooray for Hollywood IMTA. Uh, and I became the second run up. But I was sh- I'm short. I'm not, I'm not six feet. So I said, you know what? <laughs> Instead of going with modeling, I will grab the designs and make some clues for models. But at least I know how to walk the runway. I will only, I, oh, most of the time I try to... Um, teach or coach my models in a runway that I'm going to be um, having and say, you know, this is how I want you to go walk this way and all that, all from the Barbizon. And, you know, the, you know, the struggle goes on. I wonder, does Barbizon even exist anymore? I, as you said that, I totally forgot about that name, but that was a big thing in the 90s. It was. It was huge. I, you know, all the most of my paycheck from being a customer service rep at a bank, I paid for my modeling school and paid mm. to go to Hollywood. Yes. You know? Yeah. Oh boy, you must have learned a lot. So that that let me just ask you about that. So first of all, you moved from Botswana to Boston. That was a huge move. What prompted the move? I had a girlfriend uh, in Boston who. But I always dreamt of going around the world and making it back. So I thought, you know, it was going to be easy. No, it was not. Um, <laughs> so I went, to, I went to my grandfather and said, I would like to go to school overseas, Granny. My grandfather didn't know how to sew, didn't know how to read, um, worked hard in his farms and I made it big with his farm. So I asked for a little money. He gave me a little money and I came. And wow. I lived in one tiny little room, in one little room, um, and started looking for school, looking for jobs. And I, at some point, six months in, I'm like, I want to give up and go back. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, I'm like, no, I'm just going to stick it in. And I did. And I'm very happy I actually stuck out there. That's fantastic. I mean, that's a really inspiring story. And I love the fact that you said, you know, six months in, I'm like, what am I doing? I want to go home, but nothing good ever comes easy. (laughs) Not at all. We've got to work for it and we've got to trust, especially when things are tougher. Yes. So I know one of the things that we that uh, that we want to talk about, and I want to make sure that we give plenty of time to it. And I love how you started out saying, "I loved getting dressed and all dolled up to go to church," and yes. what a what a great um, visualization as you talk. You know, just even the words you said. You know, I got dolled up. My mom got dolled up. My grandmother got dolled up. You know, clothes played an important part of that, but obviously the church played an important part. And I know that um, that church of yours that you love so dearly and that your grandmother and mother loved so dearly is in not the best shape anymore. So tell us a little bit about what's going on with it. It is not in a good shape. So I'll give you a little, you know, a very tiny history about it. So uh, apparently the main church was built in 1868. Um, by the missionaries. Um, and um, 
So um, a little background of people who don't know anything about Botswana. Botswana was a British protectorate up until um, September 30th of 1966. Um, that's when we gained our independence. Now, uh, after 1868, the church was built. You know, back in those years, there were a lot of wars and stuff like that. So they, um, they, my folks moved from the village. The village is called Shoshong. S-H-O-N-G, S-H-O-N-G. So they moved, um, and after they moved, I think they moved from 1868 and came back around 1933. Um, that's when they came back, there were just ruins of that other church. I don't know what happened to it. And they started to build a new church, 1933, which is this current church. Mm -hmm. It was built in 1933. Um, I was actually baptized in that church. Um, oh. Yes. And my mom was baptized in that church. So in 19, what is it? In 1934, that's when it was open because it was built in 1933. So up until then, um, only the major renovations that have only been done was the, um, I heard it was the roofing. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was done after like 20 years later when there was supposedly a storm or something happened to it and then you know the roofing was um done um now um uh, 2010 talks began in the village about restoring the church because there's cracks everywhere i'm sure i sent you the pictures yeah um, it looks it looks horrible <laughs> it looks yeah. like somebody is gonna get hurt um, so that was in 2010. They started talking about it. And my mom actually um, told me about it. And my grandmother was like, well, would you guys help? You know, because I'm, of course, in America. Mm -hmm. And I ignored that, which I feel guilty. I ignored it. And I was like, you know, how am I going to help? I, you know, I don't really have money. I, you know, I just go to work like everybody else. Um, so 2010, and they did not get anybody to get any. And because it's just villagers talking about amongst each other. So that was 2010. Um, 2018, they started talking about it more because now cracks are even more um, seen. And the, I think the city or the government is getting involved because it's a historical church. So they right. want to reserve it as a historical um, you know, part of the village. So this is why now my mom passed in May um, of this year, May 14th of this year. And now it's like, I kind of feel guilty as well. I'm like, this is my church. I mean, I might mm -hmm. not be living there now. These people need help. It's only the villagers. Mommy was going to help here and there. She's no more. My grandmother is 99 years old, still oh. lives very close to that church. So I said, you know, I will look for a place to see if I can help out with a little bit myself and then ask for help from those people out there. There's a lot of you, there are a lot of human beings out there who love churches, who are Christians, non-Christians who just like to help in the villages and you know third world countries. So I inboxed Eddie. <laughs> and I, <laughs> Our friend I Eddie Luisi, Mr. Good Morning America himself. Eddie. Yes, I said Eddie. <laughs> You know, there's this church in my village. I don't know if you know anybody or anyhow I could, um, you know, raise funds or 
even if it's people who don't have extra cash would love to go there and actually build the church themselves like oh, yeah. you know volunteer and do that i mean we welcome any and everything as long as the church can be restored yeah that's really beautiful i mean i think that's that, and that's one of the reasons as i you know was watching your story through our you know, little Facebook group that, uh, that Eddie runs all day. Yeah. Um, and my goodness, it's such a, it's such a great group of people. It's amazing. And, uh, to see the story about your church, I thought, you know, I, like I said, I don't know if any of my listeners will be motivated to help you know, support it financially, by the way, we'll have all the information on help, how people can um, help. But I love that idea too. There's a lot of people who want to do kind of a mission kind of work and maybe don't, you know, have something in particular that they've ever done. That, uh, that there's a great place for talent to, to uh, volunteer and help as well. So I love that. That's very good. So what's, so, you know, when I was reading some of the, um, the details on it, um, is the church usable right now? Can people actually go there for service? They insist uh, to do it, I believe, last year when, you know, yeah. I think some of the architectures that were brought in by, uh, my sister is actually part of the group that is um, advocating for it to really get restored after they looked at the situation and said you know one day this these walls will collapse on people and most yeah. of people who go there are elderly people um so um even after it gets restored because we view it as part of the history uh, mm -hmm. we probably would they probably are thinking of opening it up for you know people coming in because there's a lot of wars that were won by our tribe i guess back in the years you know it will be part of the history the history you know you know come yeah. and look at open up for the public and all that yes yeah i think it's a it's a really compelling story that you know that there's these places that are all a part of our of our history and the fabric of our communities. So um, I wish you only the best and hopefully listeners, viewers, any of you who are so inspired, we will have all the details on how you can connect with Connie directly as well as help her project. Love to see that. So now let me take a step back and just go back kind of how I, you know, love to pick, you know, on people's minds, like get, get kind of great insights from each of you. And I, let me take this back to more of a professional question. Um, so when you look at your, your life and career, which is amazing to think, you know, you have this passion for fashion, you still do, you find a way to, to um, put that through everything you're doing, but you knew about, you know, you're like, okay, but I also have to pay the bills, you know, when you were, uh, you know, working at the bank to help get through, uh, you know, modeling. I love um, those lessons that we learn about ourselves. So when you think about the different lessons you've that you've learned yourself in your professional career, what's the most important lesson you've learned that helped you to shock your potential? I would say, um, you know, I've learned to collaborate. I've learned mm. to network. And actually, this is how I found you. You know, yeah, exactly. networking. When I was talking to Eddie, Eddie says, you know, I have this group. I joined the group. And you never know who you are going to meet. And this is, this is why I'm here. And um, the other lessons that I've learned is just go for it. Do it. Ah, yes. You have it in your mind, you want to do it. The first thing you've got to ask yourself is what's the worst thing that can happen if I did this? Mm -hmm. And most of the time you find the answer is just one answer. Oh, I'll fail. 
oh, that's it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. I like it. And it's so true. Um, and I think that uh, I, I love, I love too how you start out with the first thing you said is collaborate because I think as a, as a world, we need to collaborate more and collaboration is, is, you know, recognizing something in somebody else that you value and you like, and you want to learn from, and you want to work with. And those things really expand our horizons and our, and our ability to see the world through different eyes. And if you have time, I can tell you the story about this collaboration and why I believe now more in it. Yeah. Um, when I first started uh, in the business, um, I worked for the bank. Well, I worked in banking throughout. I became the assistant manager in the managerial positions. But then when I was working in the bank, I was also taking a job at Lord & Taylor. Uh-huh. Selling dresses. Yes. Uh, now, I was making all this money so that I can have my business stand up. Uh, but I was not collaborating. I always thought I would make it on my own. And my my people, my beloved people, you cannot. You need to collaborate. I began to really see more when I collaborated. You know, it doesn't matter who you collaborate with. I went to New York, collaborated. In Boston, was collaborating. I went to UK, I was collaborating. I went to, uh, back to home to Botswana, I collaborated. Uh, it, it's very, it's huge. It's big. You cannot make it alone. It doesn't matter. Right. And yeah. that's a theme that I've had um, recently where I had a gentleman on my show several years ago and he's, this struck with me and stuck with me so long as he said, there is no such thing as a self-made millionaire. No, nobody did it all on their own. They had collaborators, they had partners, they had vision, they had support. So anybody who believes that you do it all on your own is fooling themselves. (laughs) Absolutely. I agree. I love it. Connie, if you could go back in time and tell the younger Connie anything that would have helped her shock her potential farther, faster, or kept her on the same path, what, what time would you go back to Connie and what would you tell her? I will tell little Connie that go in full force. Don't go half. One of the things I did, I'll go half. I'll stick the foot on. And then as soon as something (laughs) takes off, I get nervous. I take the paddle off. Now, if you have not started and you are younger and you are that young Connie, just, I know it's, um, you can have fear, it's normal, but just go for it. Just go for it. You know why? Because as far as much as I was um, concerned, I was, fear, I was fearing the fact that I was alone in this country. What if I fall? Who's going to find me and pick me up? Well, the answer is human beings. They are yeah. human beings everywhere, and they will pick you up. And as much as you're willing to work and collaborate, you will make it. Just go full force and go for it. Go big. I love it. And I love that the visualization of, you know, I put my foot on the pedal and then I'd slam it down and go, wait, hold on. Right. <laughs> right. That's exactly what I was doing. I did that <laughs> for years and it was, and then when you really finally get yourself, you're like, oh, what am I doing? You know, it's either I want this or I don't do it, you know, because yes. you put so much energy into it and then you're like, oh my God, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's like, just yeah. go, just go. 
I love it. Uh, Connie, I'm so glad you've shared your story with us. And I know we'll have all of your contact information in the show notes. We'll have, we'll have details on um, more about your church. I'm going to try and post um, some of the, uh, the pictures as well as some of the, um, the historical references that you shared with me in the show notes. Um, but in case anybody wants to look you up right now, what's the best way for them to try and find you? They can find me on Facebook as Connie DeForo, or they can do Mississippi Fashion TV or Mississippi Designs. They can go into um, Instagram, um, Connie Fabulous, um, Connie Fabulous Boss Lady, <laughs> or they can go to at Connie DeForo. I love it. Yes, I saw the Boss Lady one. I love that. Absolutely. <laughs> Connie, this has been great. Before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Um, yes, um, it is. Um, again, it's something that I already talked about. You know, if you love something, go after it and go after it big. Um, if you, you know, you need advice, speak up. You will, somebody will hear you. You need any help, knock at the doors, people will hear you. You might get a lot of no's, but there is somebody who is going to say yes, you so do it. Absolutely. If I've done it, coming from third world country, you can do it coming from here. Um, amen to that. I agree. Connie, thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure to have you on as a guest today. And I'm so glad that we are connected. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shock your potential podcast.com.